This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. The last three weeks, God has been moving in phenomenal ways. I'm actually just hashtag blown away. <laughs> you know? And uh, so uh, we were busy with a, a series of Dreaming with God and... I want to share with you quickly uh, a friend of mine. Before I put it on, who has been watching Survivor, South Africa? Come on. Oh, I've trained the rest of you too well to not watch TV. But, uh, but I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to announce it now. I didn't want to announce it at the beginning of the series because then you would have watched the whole Survivor series. But a good friend of ours, Vander Hubert, he's a, he's a chauffeur pastor in Secunda. He's uh, on Survivor, and he's now part of the last four guys left, and I think he's going to clap it. He is doing so well. Thursday evening, 7 o'clock, uh, he's on, and uh, it's, he's an amazing guy. He's also a pastor, so the other contestants don't know that he's a pastor. Only the TV audience knows that he's a pastor. He was like, should he say physio, should he say pastor, because it's risky to uh, say you're a pastor and you have to like play the game hard. And, uh, and he's been sharing how in, behind the scenes he's been praying with the contest, other guys and for their families and amazing things are happening on set. But it's, it, it seems supernatural. What, uh, we feel it's God promoting him. But this has been his dream for many years. He wants to do Survivor. And he's actually trusting for a platform for, for our nation to speak to people about Christ. So uh, you also see on TV, where's the let's go, our missions t-shirts and and things. And so this this Thursday evening uh, episode was epic. He he blindsided Katunka. She went down. (laughs) She went down. And uh, and I I, I WhatsApped him. I said, Vanna, that was amazing. And uh, he actually said that he felt... He felt God lead him to how he should play the game, and it's just been phenomenal. Okay, so don't be offended. I mean, it's like, it's a game. You know, if a Christian plays a board game, you smile, you're nice, and then you destroy your opponents. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's how it works. So, so part of the game is you need to, you need to trick people a little bit, and you need to make alliances, and then you... Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. So he's probably going to be here at 14th of October. We want Vander to come and share the behind the scenes of what's been happening. So this Thursday is the second last episode. And then the following Thursday is the last one is live in Cape Town where they're going to determine who's the winner. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome opportunity. But, but part of the series is dreaming with God. You know, that's way out of the box. What he's doing, it's massively out of the box. I mean, 38 days, basically not eating much. He lost 16 kgs. Um, it's, it's, it's hectic. Um, but I love, I love how Vanner has stepped out and saying, man, this is my dream. I want to see this happen, and this will be for the glory of God. You know, so the series we're sharing about is about, you know, the dreams that God has called us to. So that in the end, his name can be glorified. You are fully alive when you are pursuing the dream that God has for you. The God dream. You're fully alive. You're not living until you are 
pursuing the dream God has, has, has called you to. So are you living your dream? Are you? Are you living out the life that God has destined you to, to live? Or are you just going through the motions? Are you, you know, we tend to become small-minded, especially as we get older. And life hits us. You know, we tend to become smaller and smaller in terms of our expectations because we're afraid of getting hurt. You know, and Sonic and I, we've been telling one another, you know, I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. I would rather die believing than live in unbelief. You know, and so this last weekend, we did a healing school on the Saturday in Somerset West. We did a healing service on Sunday morning, show for Somerset West, and then uh, show for Stellenbosch the evening. It was hashtag mind blown <laughs> again. Because I've realized that if you can create an environment of faith, God will move. God will move. I mean, we were blown away. I mean, some of the, the past, one pastor's wife said to me, she can't believe that this is her church or their church because this was in another dimension, you know, because we stirred faith. We shared stories of what God has been doing, and we stirred their faith that God can do that right now. He wants to touch you right now. You know, so the one uh, we had on both Sunday morning and evening, scores of people responding for salvation, for healing, a lot of people getting healed and set free. The Sunday evening, there were hundreds that responded. It was a big church, hundreds of people responding, and, and it was just amazing what God was doing. And you know, so Pastor Sias, he's the pastor in Stellenbosch, he told me over the last next few days, he would meet the students, because it's a big student church, and then he would just meet the students, and, and, and then they will talk about Sunday night, and then the student would just say, yo, yo, yo. You know, that should be the response when God's in the house. Yo, come on, let's say it. Yo, yo. God is amazing. So we had incredible miracles happen, lives changed on multiple levels, and the one story is quite cool. So Rosie, we went a team, we took an awesome team together, about nine of us, and uh, it was real good fun. So Rosie wants to share the one. Let's give her a hand. Um, yeah, it was at Stellenbosch that evening, um, we, we, people just came forward for prayer and salvation, and this young girl with two of her friends came, and her name was Yolandi, and she asked me to pray, and I said, yeah, sure, what? So she says, no, she wants God to heal her. She's got scoliosis. Um, her back is, is skewed. It's got that, you know, your back goes like an S. So I was like, okay, fine, no problem. So I laid hands on her and I started praying and I released God's presence. And she said, oh, so I said, what's going on? So she said, no, she feels her whole back is starting to warm up and starting to get really warm. So I said, no, don't worry. That's just the Holy Spirit doing his thing. Let's just carry on praying. And... Um, Carried on praying, and then she says her pain in her back, the lower back, um, is gone. She's been living like this for 10 years, she says, with this pain, and it's a, a level 8. And she says now it's gone to a level 3. So I said, no, that's fine. We'll carry on praying. And she says, but now the pain is really sore up here. So I put my hands on the top of her spine over here, and I carried on praying. And she said to me, yo. So I was like, okay, yo. So I said, what's your, she says, I'm feeling electric shocks going up and down my spine. So I said, we'll carry on praying, not a problem. And I'm like, yo, Holy Spirit. And um, I saw Alan was finished praying and I said to Alan, I, I signaled to Alan and I said, hey, Al, come. So I said, just come and stand with me and just release some more presence and, you know, release some more faith here with me. So 
knowing Alan, he puts his hand on her and he says, you know, I'm just releasing God's love over you. Boom, she falls over. So we just carry on praying for her and then she's, she gets up and she opens her eyes and she gets up. And as she gets up, her friends start screaming because her jacket moved up and her spine was straight. That's a good story. Say yo, yo, that's a yo. You see, Jesus heals. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. He's still working mightily, mightily. So we saw amazing things. I don't have enough time to share much of it. But the, on, this, on the Sunday night as well, I was praying with this one guy and, and he he has you know, shoulder problems, depression, and he's a believer, but he, yes, he was, I haven't seen someone as stubborn in my life. It's like his friend brought him, and he doesn't want to be here, and he doesn't want, and he says he's too afraid to trust God, because, you know, they've prayed before, nothing happens, you know, and I'm like, okay, but I'm going to have faith for you, so, yeah, so I spent a lot of time with this guy trying, but he was like, no, don't want to believe, don't want to trust, you know, afraid of getting hurt, disappointed. In the end, Little happened, but there was another lady waiting for about 50 minutes, 40 minutes, and, and she was, she said, they had back problems for 15, 20 years or so since she was small, and uh, she says that it felt a little bit better after someone prayed for her, and then the guys called us and said, no, the team needs to go, we've got like 10 minutes to go have pizza, it's like half past nine, the service started at six, and uh, we, we need to, we're going to miss our pizza, so my head is on pizza. I am distracted. I'm thinking I'm going to do the pastoral prayer. Jesus, please heal. Oh, shame, man. It's just keep on trusting Jesus. You know, we've tried. So anyway, so I put my hand on her back, and, uh, and I'm thinking pizza. And I'm thinking quick prayer. I'm saying, be healed in Jesus' name. Now be healed in Jesus' name, like 20 seconds or so. Like, how do you feel? Expecting nothing. And then she's like, no way. No way. And then you you uh, <laughs> And the tears just like, Spwah. she was just amazed. She's like 20 years of back pain or something. And Jesus healed her while I was thinking about pizza. God is amazing. So I really want to encourage us this morning. The one guy came too afraid to trust God. The other one came waiting for 30, 40 minutes. I want to be healed. I'm trusting Jesus, and she was healed. There was another lady, uh, her name is Sheena, uh, oldish lady, a lot of pains in her body, a lot of issues. She came this Saturday to the healing school, and she told Heinrich, the pastor, I need to get healed by Wednesday because my husband's going away. I have to walk to the shop, and I, I'm, I have massive pains all over my body, my legs. She can hardly walk, a lot of issues. So she's there Saturday. We pray for her. Power of God comes upon her, but she's not healed yet. She comes Sunday morning to the service. They pray for her again, nothing yet. She comes to the Monday evening leaders' meeting. Everybody leaves. There's four or five people left, and God pitches up after a leaders' meeting. All five of those people were powerfully touched, healed, tears were flowing. It was like, 
I couldn't believe it. No background worship music, no nothing, just, just God touching them. And then she was the last one around 10 o'clock after 10 that night. She's been waiting for 50 minutes, and she's not young, and she's waiting and trusting that Jesus would touch her. And then Jesus touches her and heals her. And the next day, she was still healed. This massive pain all over her body was dis- disappeared, and she can now walk to the shop in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Jesus a hand for that. Yo. But I, but I realize, you know, there's this challenge, just like hashtag dare to dream, <laughs> you know, dare to dream, dare to believe. And I know, you know, we go through, through life and yes, there are challenges in life, but I want to say to you, our fears keep us away from trusting God and dreaming bigger. And I realize this. I mean, this is in stellies, you know, there's intellectual people, you know, unbelieving people. The whole skeptic society came to church. Sunday night, because they heard it's a healing service, and they're going to expose this false pastor. And then Jesus has a surprise for them. Hallelujah. Amazing, amazing things were happening. But the, 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 the thing is, you know, where there is faith, God moves. I know this with all my heart. I know when I go to Brazil, when we go to Brazil, the kingdom comes. But now I realize, no, you can go anywhere, even just to this venue, and the kingdom comes. Because there's faith. Amen. Come on, let's say it. I believe. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Let, let, let go of the fears. We need to dare to trust in God. I mean, imagine it's just a, a spine that was skew and is suddenly straight. Oh, God is good. So look at this 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. We're going we're gonna to look at it. I want to share a key component to how to dream with God. It says, but as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So it says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, it has not entered the heart of man what God has prepared for who? For those who love him. So I'm going to build like a cornerstone component of this series today, and it's about those who love God. God has massive plans, incredible dreams that he reveals to those who love him, but more than just love him, love his presence. I want to share with you about the secret place. There's a place where dreams are birthed and built out. It's in his presence. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, but that which is revealed by the Holy Spirit to those who love God. You know, so our dream is together living out the fullness of Christ. And then this past weekend, we experienced it like, yes, together, a team of group of people together pursuing the kingdom of God. And we're seeing the fullness of Christ manifest. Souls are being saved Bodies are being healed, hearts are being restored, people are being delivered from darkness on their souls. There's just like a whole lot of things are happening. The fullness of Christ is being revealed. That's the dream. But I, but I realize for that mission to be fulfilled, our vision needs to be the fullness of Christ. You need to be absolutely, completely passionately in love with Christ for himself, for who he is, for his glory. 
You know, there's this, this trap sometimes, and we're going to talk about this in the days ahead, when we pursue the dreams God has given to us to impact this world, those things that we are designed for, there's this temptation to come to God for stuff. But those who get the most stuff is those who just come for God. Those who just come to love Him, to enjoy Him. Those who are just passionate about Him. You know, it's like, like this past weekend as well. You know, we're just like, God, I'm just, we're just in your presence. We're just going to worship you. We're just going to enjoy you. And then the kingdom comes. Passionate lovers of Christ. That's what God wants us to be, you know? So I want to stir this in us. You see, every God dream is also a heavenly mission. Every God dream, every dream God gives to us is a heavenly mission. But the key is you need to... The primary vision, the primary mission, the primary dream must be God himself. And there are just so many Christians that start pursuing other things and they drift away from the core. They drift away from the fire. They drift away from that place where you are truly alive. It's called the secret place. Are you in that secret place? Are you dwelling in the secret place? Because in that environment, Everything gets unlocked. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me the last few weeks, if you prioritize my presence, I will promote you. If you prioritize my presence, I will promote you. Because there's something about somebody that is passionate about God himself, about his presence. No, not just the intellectual, not just the theological understanding, not just from a distance, not just operating as a servant. God is not looking for servants, first and foremost. Yeah, you start off as a servant, but then you become a son, and then you become a friend. And God's looking for friends. He's looking for friends. He's, peop- he's looking for people that he can trust. He's looking for those who will dwell in his presence, you know, like John the Apostle that put his head on Jesus' chest at that final supper. John the Beloved. I believe that those who find themselves in that space, those people God blesses. Those people God promotes because you catch his heart. You're going to represent him well. So I want to call us today to that intimate place, to that secret place, to the, to the divine presence of God. If you prioritize my presence, I will promote you. And when God promotes you, you don't have to fight for it. You don't have to contend for it. If you promote yourself, you have to probably fight for it and step on some people. But when God promotes you, then he sustains it. It's the same way with a God dream. If it's of God, he will be the source. He will be the sustainer. He will be the one that fights for you. He will be your strength. And there's this place in the kingdom that is just mind-blowing wonderful. It's that secret place. You're in his presence and he becomes your strength. He becomes your inspiration. He becomes the one that fills you and strengthens you and gives you joy. I want to call us to that place Today, I want to remind us, are you dwelling in the secret place? Are you building your life around the very presence of God? Because then anything becomes possible. Anything becomes possible. Amen.
Hallelujah. So I, one of our DNA, you see the boxes over there, the one, the D stands for divine presence. It's like a core value. It's like we build our lives around the very presence of God. I mean, think about what Moses did. And the Israelites, when they were in the desert, what did they do? They put Moses' tabernacle at the center of, and they camped all around the what? The presence of God. The glory cloud was there in the center. And all of them camped around that spot. And when the glory cloud lifted and moved, they took all their stuff and they followed. Because they were presence-centered. And the beautiful thing is when you are presence-centered, then nothing and no one can stop what God is doing. Because it's God doing it. Amen. Okay, so this is, this is what I'm calling us to. So let, let's look at, um, at Joseph. We started off his story about two weeks ago and, uh, in Genesis 37. And now we're continuing with Genesis 39, verses 1 to 5. Now Joseph has been, he's been sold into slavery by his own brothers. Now imagine that, your own brothers chucking you in a pit and then selling you to slave traders. I mean, I can just imagine I would be like, whoa, who would be angry? Very angry, bitter, offended. But there's something about Joseph through everything he went. You see, if you want to see a dream fulfilled, there's a journey you need to walk through, a journey. On this journey, there are trials and challenges, but also key key things you need to apply in our lives. And this passage gives us some of those keys. It says in verse 1, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Come on, let's say the Lord was with Joseph. That's it. Let's go home. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, I don't know how he sustained this, but I believe that is the key. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Come on, say successful man. There's that connection. He was, God was with him, and he was successful. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. I mean, he's a slave. He's a nobody. He's lost everything. Yet God was with him. And he was successful. And his master, in verse 3, saw that the Lord was with him. Isn't that amazing? The master saw. You know, when, when, when you prioritize the presence of God, everybody will see that God is with you. There will be evidence that is what I am experiencing in my life currently. Even this past weekend, I'm like, guys that have known me for 20 years, they like, yo, there's things happening. There's things happening. God is with them. Because I know I can't heal a headache. I can't save a soul. I can't see people delivered. I can't cause the presence of God to come. But when God is with us, all things become possible. All things become possible. And, 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 and this is a, a massive key. But we need to prioritize His presence. We need to say, God, I want to build my life around your presence. Priority meaning first, number one, most important thing in my life, the very presence of God. 
If you prioritize my presence, what, what does it mean, presence? Intimacy in his glory, being filled with God himself, not the dry, dead, religious experience. It's like this is real in his presence. And then I will promote you. Then I will cause the dream to come to pass. Then God will cause it to happen. So I want to call us into that. But it says there, and the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Simply because of the presence of God, because God was with him, everything prospered. Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. So Joseph later on became the second in command of an empire. But you know, he had to serve faithfully. You need to serve another man's vision before God gives you your own. And very few are willing to do that. Very few are willing to walk the journey of humbling themselves, serving another's vision, being faithful at work, even if you don't like your boss, even if it's difficult, even if he, you know, you're not serving that man, you're serving God. He says he found favor and served him, and then he made him overseer of his house. So he, then he was promoted, and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. So God blessed this house, this, the, the, the master's house, blessed his cattle, blessed his farmlands. Everything was blessed because of one person, Joseph. And God was with Joseph. Now imagine if we would say the same about you. And God was with Jade. Hallelujah. And he is. He is. But, but, but imagine now, God is with you in your school environment. The whole school will be blessed simply because you are there. Or any business here. Because when, because when God is present, blessing flows. When God is present, darkness cannot reign. When God is present, the kingdom comes and blessing and prosperity must follow. So I want to call you to that point, to that space, to that place. It doesn't matter what you're currently experiencing in your life. You know, I saw this this weekend again. God responds to faith. Come on, let's say it. God responds to faith. But how do we normally operate? We pray for somebody, they don't, they don't get healed. Or I prayed for provision and it doesn't happen. What happens? We downgrade our faith levels. I believe Jesus is powerful Healer, deliverer, savior, provider, even if I don't see anything, I know who he is. And that's your test. That's your biggest struggle. But God, it doesn't look great. Business is battling, finances isn't coming in, people are, God, it doesn't look like you are with me. But then you need to believe and to keep on believing. And to keep on pressing and to keep on pursuing God until you see it. Amen. God responds to faith. But there's this invitation. Are you going to prioritize my praise? Are you going to worship me in your work environment? Are you going to worship me in your house? Are you going to pray to me? Not a religious prayer, you know, but are you going to seek my face? Are you, 
Do you have faith that God is with you? Because he wants to be. He's, all of heaven is ready. All of heaven is available. God is saying, all of my heavenly armies are ready. I'm, I'm, I've got angels available to you. I want to do incredible things. For most of us, our angels are terribly bored. Terribly bored. They're like, could we please try something new today? Can we treat, please, please, please trust God today? Come on, I want to do something. I want to chop down a demon. Yes. So this one lady this past weekend, her name is Debbie. On the Saturday healing uh, school, she, she's had 20 years of major neck problems that she couldn't, she couldn't move her neck to the side. And uh, she, again, major challenge the last few weeks, a lot of pain. She came just to come and do the food. And so anyway, somebody then, they prayed for her. She felt a, a, a heat on her neck. But the next moment she says she felt two hands on her back. Two hands. And there were no people there. No one was touching her. Two hands on her back. And then suddenly she was completely healed. And the next day testified just 20 years. 20 years of neck problems that she can't turn her neck like this. Now she was like, yes, I am your, your. Come on, say your. But that was possibly an angel, unless it's the Holy Spirit making hands. I don't know how this works. But what if that was an angel? What if that was an angel? Because we're hearing these stories over and over again that people experience something supernatural. You know, in India, the one lady was saying she had feet problems, and she someone was touching her feet, and there was no one there. But their God was moving in the house. Lives were being rocked. I believe there are angels. But they're waiting for us to activate our faith, to believe. And then the kingdom of God will come. Amen. Dare to believe. I'd rather die believing than live in unbelief. How are you living? Are you living in a place of little dreams, small dreams, just trying to cope, trying to make it? But I see in Joseph's life, it was incredible. And God was with him. If you prioritize the presence of God, you will see his kingdom come in you and through you. He will promote you. If you prioritize my presence, I will promote you. And I believe that's what a dream, a God dream. I mean, we're talking about dreaming with God. Now, dreaming with God means there will be a lot of people in that dream, other people. Your, your dream doesn't need to be massive, but it does need to be bigger than yourself. It must, must be beyond yourself. So do you have a dream? They did a fascinating study in, in, in a book, and it was in 1960 to 1980. They did a study in terms of 1,500 graduates from college. And uh, they, they sort of tracked them. They made two categories. Category A is the graduates that say, man, I'm first going to make a whole lot of money, then I'm going to follow my dream. Category B was, no, I'm going to pursue my dream, and I believe the money will follow. Okay, 1,500 students, they tracked them for 20 years. Look at the results. Of the 1,500 graduates in the survey, the money now category A's comprised 83%. Over 1,245 people. 83%, I'm, going, I'm gunning for the money. Category B, risk-takers, made up 17%, or 255 graduates. 
After 20 years, there were 101 millionaires in the group. How do you think would be this, the split between category A and category B? Only one from category A. A hundred from category B out of the 255. The study's author, Shrali Blotnik, concluded that the overwhelming majority of people who have become wealthy have become so thanks to the work they found profoundly absorbing. Their luck arose from the accidental dedication they had to an area they enjoyed. They pursued their passion and the money followed as a byproduct. Which is interesting. But so often we think, now I'm going to make money and then I'm going to live out my dreams. I think the challenge to all of us is, no, start living your dreams now. In whichever way you can. Yes, there's a way you need to practically figure it out. Primary dream, as I say, is God himself. And out of that place, out of the secret place, out of his presence, God dreams are birthed and built up. But then there needs to be an outflow. You need to discover your passions, your, your strengths, those type of things. We're going to sh- share about that in the coming weeks. But uh, I'm going to read just Psalm 27. It speaks about the secret place. This is the place where dreams are birthed and built out. Now, now King David, now if, you, if, you, if you know the, 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 the bigger context, he was a man of God's presence. So King Saul was David's predecessor. And then there was the tabernacle of God, which represented the tangible presence of God. What happened? King Saul became king. He did not, for those 40 years, did not pursue the presence of God. He didn't try and bring back the tabernacle. He just left it there at a specific guy's house, Edom something something's house. Now, when David becomes king, he was a worshiper. He was a man after God's own heart. And the first thing he does after clapping around some enemies, was he went to get the tabernacle. And he brought back the tabernacle. He brought back the presence of God. And then he, at the very center of the kingdom, he had the tabernacle there. He had this, um, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant there. And, he, and there was 24-7 worship happening. But that was the center of David's kingdom. And that's why the kingdom was unstoppable. It was unstoppable because God himself was the very center, the very source. What if you and I would build our businesses, our lives, our environments around the very presence of God? Wouldn't that be awesome? Then God becomes the defender, the source of the organization. But, but look at, at, at David's heart. It just says, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. So in the secret place, your heart shall not fear. When you're afraid, you're not going to pursue your dreams. You're not going to dream big. But in the secret places, my heart shall not fear. Let's dream big. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. In other words, there will be confidence. Come on, say confidence. There will be confidence found in the secret place. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Now, this is David's priority. One thing. Come on, say one thing. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He was like, God, I want to be in your house. I mean, I want to be in your presence. That's why I saying your house. To behold the beauty of the Lord God. I want to see you because I know in you I find everything I need. 
Lord, I want to inquire in your temple because I, I know from you flow, flows wisdom for life. For in the time of trouble, God, you shall hide me in your pavilion, in the secret place of your tabernacle. You shall hide me and you shall set me high upon a rock. So that's that, the heart of David and built this unstoppable empire. They say that King David was, I mean, the fear of God fell upon the surrounding nations. It was like, everybody knew, don't you mess with that man. Don't you mess with that kingdom. Because God is with them. Yo. Come on, say yo. Yo. That's good, because then you don't have to do it in your own ability. God's fighting. I do this with the church every now and again. It's like, Lord, this is your church. Sort it out. Whatever issues we have, whatever people issues, whatever challenges, whether it be finances or whatever else, God, I mean, if this is of you, Lord, you are the source. You are a defender. You know, and, then, and it's amazing how you then you cast off the burdens from your shoulders. You don't carry it. So many believers are carrying burdens on their hearts, on their souls. It's burdening. It's pulling them down. They're lacking joy. And I had this word for all of our chauffeur pastors at our pastor summit. And I had this word that the joy is coming back. So I want to speak this over you that the joy, no matter what you've been through, the joy is returning to your house, to your business, to your environment, to every facet of this church. Joy is returning because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And it wouldn't be fun for all the business owners if you don't have to you know, worry about your business. Yes, you work hard. Yes, you're faithful. But you don't have to worry because you know God is with you. He's the source. He's the author. And your business is for his glory. Your, your, your life, your work is for his glory. I tell you, when you position yourself in that place, all things become possible. Amen. And so with David, God was with him. And I believe God wants to tangibly be with you, but then you need to position yourself in the secret place. Now, we'll end off with the last verse, a little bit back to Joseph. Now, Joseph had the call of God in his life. He was going to be the second in command. He was literally going to save nations. That was God's dream for his life. But the enemy wanted to destroy it because the enemy knows as long as there is compromise in our lives, you, we can't dwell in God's presence. So that's what the enemy did with David. He came and he tempted him to commit adultery, and it was carnage after that. You know, it was just like chaos in the kingdom. Yes, God forgives and heals and restores and is good, but the enemy wants to come and tempt us to, to pull away. And this is what he did with Joseph. Just I want to quickly read this and we end off. It says in verse 7, Genesis 39 verse 7, And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Isn't that a powerful statement? My master, I'm a slave, I'm a nobody, but my master with all of these possessions, he doesn't even know what's happening. He trusts me. I want to ask every one of us, because this is part of the process of living out a dream and finding success. Does your superiors trust you? Are you the go-to person in your organization? Do they, man, if I need someone to get a job done, she's the one, he's the one. Because those type of people get promoted. Those type of people get 
Sonica spoke about it last week. Faithfulness. Faith and faithfulness. You need faith and faithfulness. Are you the go-to person? A lot of people have dreams. A lot of people have daydreams. A lot of people like to do wonderful things, but they're not willing to walk out faithfulness, to, to pay the price. To, you, know, you need to work hard. Make yourself the go-to person. Because then actually you're God's go-to person. If he, knows he's, if he knows he can trust you. So make that transition in your work environment. And if I can get a tip for those who are not a boss or not a le- like officially a leader, like a leader position. Leaders, bosses, managers are always looking, who can I trust? And when I find someone that I can't trust, they're like, okay, moving on. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for someone I can trust. Are you the go-to person? Or do you drop stuff? Do you, are you unfaithful? Are you late? Are you not working hard? Are you not giving in that extra hours? Because you know, when God is with you, yes, he's going to do it, but you need to work hard. You need to put your bit of flesh on the table. Say amen. I know that's not happy, <laughs> happy preaching that, huh? Hey, you're... But he says, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And then you see the heart of Joseph. He was not worried about what people really think, but he was all about what does God think. I cannot sin like this against my God. Why? Because I want him to be with me. I want him to be, I want to, I want to dwell in his presence. And there's that un, no compromise. That's what God wants to bring to our hearts. Because if you're after his presence, it's like, no, no compromise. No, I'm not trying to be a good person. No, I'm just after more of God. I just want to dwell in his presence. So know that the enemy is going to test you and tempt you. It's going to come knock on your door. And it says there, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. And then later on, when she really tried hard, he fled. Flee temptation. Why? Because we want God. God and sin doesn't always gel so lacquer. He forgives sin, and he washes us, he cleanses us, he makes us new. But then there's a repositioning that needs to happen in the secret place. And the secret place is, God, I am so in love with you. I am so passionate about you. You are my everything. You are my ultimate dream above every other passion, above every other hobby, above every other dream. God, it is you. Is it for you? Is that your ultimate passion? Because that's the magnet that draws you into the presence of God. And then they will say of you, and surely God is with you, with him. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.